You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 6, The Valley of Longevity. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Hey, everybody. Hi. We are in Vilcabamba, Ecuador. Ecuador. And we had the opportunity to interview a very lovely couple, uh, Phil and Susanna. And we're actually staying at their house right now, their property, um, their fortress, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's a beautiful um, area that they have set up for themselves. Completely um, self-sustainable, permaculture. Everything. Um, we can get into that. Um, but we just wanted to introduce uh, what the episode's about. Um, we cover various topics, but most of it, it has to deal with um, the connection with um, ourselves and nature. So basically connecting those two pieces and bridging the gap between the two and using different things to do that, such as permaculture, yoga, and other spiritual practices. So I think uh, you're going to really like this one. Um, we dug in quite deep with them. and Oh, we could talk to them for hours on end. I wish we could just record the entire conversation, but I don't know if people have the attention span for four hours. <laughs> But, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be back here. Um, we've already been exploring some options um, for that, and um, we're grateful for this experience. Absolutely. Um, to, to be here and um, experience their company and their land. and um, We've learned so much in just the past week that we're really looking forward to coming back to learn some more. Yeah, I think for us, as we, Sarah and I have always talked about it as far as um, starting our own garden, becoming more sustainable as we decide to settle down somewhere, um, I think it's really important. And the food we've been eating this past week has been unbelievable. Everything is strictly organic and very clean, uh, nutrient-rich. It's, um, it's been pretty incredible. It's, it's going to be hard to leave. It <laughs> is going to be hard tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but anyways, before we get into um, talking more about this place and talking about our experience here in uh, Belkabamba, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, and kind of touch on the ayahuasca. Um, there were some points that we wanted to make. Um, now, before we go further, if you haven't already listened to our episodes about what ayahuasca is and how it can transform your life, Refer back to episode four and listen to an interview we did with a Colombian man about how it's transformed his life for the better. And also listen to episode five where you get to hear about our own personal experiences trying our first ayahuasca ceremony not too long ago. Yeah, so what I wanted to touch on was we've had a lot of questions in regards to the ceremony after that podcast taking place about has this has that experience changed your life and um sarah and i were sitting down eating lunch yesterday when we were talking about this and i think it's different for everybody 
But for us, um, I, you know, we went into it um, having a lot of self-awareness, awareness of both the, um, I guess you can call them the positive and negative sides of um, our emotions, who we are as people. Um, so, well, But that's not to say that we know everything about ourselves. No, of course we don't. It's just to say that... Um, you know, this is something every day we evaluate our self, our inner core, and we learn something new about ourselves each day. But that's something that our relationship has really been strong in is teaching each other about each other and seeing ourselves as a reflection or seeing the other person as a reflection of ourselves. So we're constantly in this um, spiritual awakening not having been awakened but awakening where every day we're learning something new and so back to what you were saying chris we have this pretty sturdy foundation of at least an understanding of our core essence before going into the ceremony yeah and i think um it's not necessary to have that but having that um I think it really, again, it, it enhanced a lot of the feelings that I have already felt within myself, which was very important to bring to the surface even more than they've already been um, because a lot of, um, we have a lot of tendencies as humans to um, suppress or repress, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. And so it was nice to bring those to the surface. But as far as like a full-on transformation, like I'm a new person and everything, no. Um, it hasn't done that, but that's okay. I, um, I wasn't necessarily looking for that. I was just, um, maybe looking for some more clarity into these emotions and, um, possibilities of how to healthily, 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 I think so. (laughs) We've been around Spanish a lot. (laughs) How to, uh, release them. Um, so again, that was just something that I wanted to touch on. Um, I don't know if you have something to add. Yeah, I mean, had it been two years ago, I think maybe it would have been a little different as far as, wow, my whole life has changed. Because, you know, two years ago was before I met Chris, and there were a lot of things about myself I still didn't quite know. But even then, before two years ago, starting four years ago, you know, I really started exploring my own spiritual path and unfolding. Um... Not that it's something to create, it's just something to realize has been there your whole life and it's uh, finally, you're consciously walking on it, taking step by step. But it would have been different then. But the point is is that we did it now, at this point in our lives, with this level of awareness of ourselves. And it reaffirmed a lot of things that we were already feeling. Uh, We will be going into it again. I definitely want to do another ceremony. I'm not expecting or looking for any significant, you know, crazy moment that changes my life forever. I just want to use it as a psychological tool to help me further along my spiritual path. But Yeah, it's an, I, I look at it as an evolutionary tool mm-hmm. um, for those that are seeking that um, constant growth um, within yourself. I think mm-hmm. it's a, an amazing tool. Um, I mean, it's great for many other things, as we highlighted in episode four, so we're not going to get into that. But um, And for some people, it is a crazy, huge transformation, um, depending on where they're at on their spiritual path. And 
those are always interesting stories to hear. (laughs) (laughs) They are for sure. But anyways, back to where we are now. Um, As I touched on, we're um, at Phil and Susanna's and um, again, it's it's been a wonderful experience um, here in this area. It's been, I mean, we'll we'll put up some pictures, but there is just incredible, mountains. incredible mountains that are just in the backdrop of the house. So every morning you wake up and you have this just incredible view and hummingbirds. They squeak. They squeak here. You hear this little when they're flying around. Good impression. (laughs) I do what I can. Butterflies, all types of birds. We have a cockroach, a tree roach that hangs out in our bathroom at night. I named him Bilbo. He likes to eat the toothpaste off our toothpaste cap. (laughs) It's a lovely place here. But it's it's so crazy because when we got here to Vilcabamba, we got we rolled in pretty late. What was it? Eight o'clock, eight thirty. Yeah, eight thirty. Sun was already down because the sun sets here on six thirty. And we pull into the square, and there's tourists, or what seemed to be tourists, everywhere. I, I, I was blown away. I was like, "Are we even in Ecuador?" This is. I didn't even feel like I was in South America anymore. This it was the most tourists we've seen in one place since we started our journey. What two months ago? Two how long? Yeah, two months. Two yeah. months ago, and it was interesting though because the Ecuadorians were mingling with the high surplus amount of tourists as well but every the square was alive everybody was it it was a very hippie vibe you know you could the tourists that were here were very hippie and they're not necessarily tourists a lot of them are locals yeah a lot of them live here and that was the interesting thing that we learned very quickly um after enjoying our lovely meal at the falafel restaurant owned by a guy from syria and turkey that was the most delicious veggie wrap that I've ever had um but that goes to show this place really does have a lot of really good food um because of the influx of expats they care a lot about fresh organic and creative dishes you can get Mexican food you can get Italian um anything that you want is in this tiny little square so that was really interesting um, to experience this mixture of cultures between expats and Ecuadorians. Um, and so I guess that kind of brings us to the place that we're staying, Susanna and Phil's house. You'll hear a lot more about it in the interview that's coming up here in a minute or two. But it's absolutely gorgeous, and we are so sad to leave. We really don't want to leave. But tomorrow, what's tomorrow, the 26th? Yep. You'll be hearing this episode a few days later than um, when we're recording, but tomorrow we head to Peru, and we make our way to Iquitos to finally settle into our little house two hours outside of Iquitos in the jungle. Um, So we really hope that you enjoy this interview. It's this particularly is... Been my it's been my favorite interview so far of the six episodes that hands we've done. down. So here in a minute we'll shift you over to the interview and make sure you also stay tuned to the end of the episode to catch your health tip of the episode. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Enjoy. 
All right, everyone. We're glad to be back. We're here with Susanna and Phil drinking our basil mint fusion tea. It's always lovely having a cup of tea with these people. How are you tonight? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, too. We're enjoying uh, the visit. Yeah, so we're staying at their lovely home, which we've already given you um, a brief introduction about. Um, and now we're inside their kitchen having some tea, and we decided to bring some table conversation to this podcast episode. We're actually talking about it today at the dinner table of recapping our travels and our trip, and we were talking about the best places that we've stayed so far. And this was number one, of course, best accommodation we've ever stayed at. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed, you know, your company and it's been very relaxing, rejuvenating, so to speak. Um, but I guess let's start off Susanna and Phil, if you could just kind of one of you or both of you tell our listeners, you know, where you're from, who you are, what you do, you know, the stuff that everybody asks when they first meet a person. (laughs) Yeah. Previous to to living here in Vilcabamba, Ecuador, we were uh, in southeastern BC in the mountains and uh, had a very beautiful, similar thing going on doing permaculture, living close to nature, being involved in community and doing self-development practices and things like that. So uh, we came to Ecuador about five years ago, uh, directly to Vilcabamba. We came for a month and checked it out and found it to be livable and um, found it to have some some big advantages for the lifestyle that we were envisioning and uh, inspired to, you know, to develop. Um, found that, yeah, it was just going to be much easier here. How did you hear about Vilcabamba? Well, we'd heard about... Ecuador from a couple of friends who traveled to Ecuador and really liked it. And then we, Vilcabamba came up a couple times from, from one of those friends who had traveled here and actually bought a little property and he lives here now. Okay. But then, um, we were, we had a vision in Canada to, 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 um, run a retreat in addition to doing permaculture and being involved in the community in various ways to, to offer retreat programs and courses um, in themes of consciousness development, self-development, earth stewardship, all these, um, you know, beneficial aspirations um, that we have as a way of integrating it more into our lives, you know, to, to have a, this idea of having an integrated lifestyle was sort of a theme for us, sure. where we take all the things that are most important and make sure they're part of our daily life so that we're not having to do a bunch of stuff that isn't inspiring in order to, you know, then be able to take time off to go do them. So we thought, you know, we'd like to be doing retreats all the time and self-development practices with people and courses and learning and gathering with wisdom. But, um, you know, that's, you have to, yeah, have a lot of financial resources to do that. Sure. So our idea was to integrate into our lifestyle by operating a, retreat center and offering courses and retreats so that we're experiencing it. And also we have kind of a community aspiration, like intentional community, but that's just really difficult to Mm -hmm. organize in today's world. So it's, you know, these 
it's a way of having intentional community in little episodes with different groups where we come together and, and to do some meaningful things mm-hmm. and, and um, some deep sharing. And then, uh, yeah, create more of a, a network-style community of people who have had this experience together. Was there any sort of, like, trigger point that got you to make the decision? Okay, yeah, Ecuador. Like, was there anything, just this aha moment? I know you explained why you came, but was there just that moment where you're like, you know what, that we're done with this, we're moving to this? Or was it sort of like an organic process and you just found yourselves in Ecuador? <laughs> when we came to Ecuador, there was a clear opportunity that was opening for us. And so whenever you come to a crossroads in life, you um, have the opportunity to check in with your intuitive self, with your deeper knowing and see if, if, um, if you're getting that sense that this is your next step forward, even if it's something you've never done or if it has unknown risks um, <laughs> or if it's scary, you know, and to just um, take the courage to, to leap into that new possibility and risk when you feel like you're following your heart and so that was really the impetus that that brought us to Velcabamba was this uh, the mutual aspiration to to serve humanity's evolution in the way that we were feeling inspired to and to share our inspiration with others in such a way that they would also then connect in with their own sense of inspiration in their life. That's awesome. I think it's really important to note what you said, though, as far as taking that leap. Um, I feel like a lot of people may hold themselves back because of fear. Um, fear of the unknown is a really big, I, I dealt with that for a very long time until I went to Africa and just immersed myself into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really important and I hope that more people are able to do that throughout their lives because I know how fulfilling that is and how good that feels. So, Absolutely. And through that leap, Canción del Corazón was born, right? That's the name of their retreat center. Um, could you tell our listeners just a little bit about Canción del Corazón? First of all, it means song of the heart, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned you do retreats, yoga things, permaculture, but maybe expand a little more on some of the things you love to do the most here. Yeah, well, we have a cinch, you know, four basic themes running right now and um, in terms of our courses and retreats. So we, we share music as a, as a, self-development practice so it's you know sacred music forms devotional music transcendent music improvised tribal music um not really much you know regular western music (laughs) just stuff that we can co-create ourselves live in the moment with acoustic instruments and our voices music as a cultural practice Mm -hmm. that um has so kind of faded away in in the modern culture where we can just always tune in to our iPod or the radio or something and somebody's playing to us, but there's a really powerful opportunity to, to participate in making music and, and some of the really powerful tribal cultures 
that is integral to their to their culture and and when you have the opportunity to see what that's like um, you begin to realize that it's an essential part of our our being is to be music makers we all you feel that vibration i i know um the first day we were here we did that yoga class and uh which was amazing by the way it was probably i know i'm saying this is like the best place i've ever stayed but like that was one of the best yoga classes i've ever taken because of the music that you created and the space that you guys created uh the vibration of the music can be felt deep in your soul it was like mm-hmm. uh, it was incredible it was the a, chanting what were you playing uh, that instrument's called a tambura. Tambura. And it's it's a, uh, essentially just creating a drone. There's, you know, it has three different notes and mm-hmm. strings. It's just playing the fundamental, the fifth, and the octave. And the, but that's traditional in India, so that very, yeah. very much suits the the mantra mm-hmm. that we were singing mm-hmm. with the yoga. It definitely put us in a transcendent space, for sure. I, for, I lost my body in Shavasana. <laughs> it was no longer there for the few minutes we were lying there. It was really nice. Oh, okay. Well, in Shavasana, that was a didgeridoo. Oh, yeah. You were playing the didgeridoo. Yeah, I remember that. I used to have one of those, actually, didgeridoo. So we like to bring the music not just um, isolated to like, okay, now we're going to have music, but we like to bring it into the different aspects of our life. So. So when we share yoga, we bring the mantra and the music in with the yoga. And um, when we take a moment to connect with the food before we nourish our bodies, we like to um, tone uh, with om or share a blessing song so that there's this sense that, that we, can, we can be music makers and that can be a way of, of feeling connected to our spiritual selves because sometimes it's hard to, to feel that sense of connectivity with our spiritual self. And when we, when we lift our voices to sing, that connection can be felt more easily. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you offer that sort of um, learning to people mm-hmm. along with things like permaculture, right? Right. So, yeah, the devotional music and then, yeah, permaculture mm-hmm. is another big part of what we're doing. Um, we actually call what we're doing eternal culture because we're weaving all these things together and um, that keeps us out of trouble with the permaculture <laughs> task force to make sure everybody's following the rules. But um, yeah, so that's how we, we steward the piece of land that we're taking responsibility for here and in such a way that we're increasing its biodiversity and restoring its fertility. It was uh, it was very run down when we we became the stewards, and um, and also generating uh, the better part of our food supply, mm-hmm. and ultimately our entire food supply, so that we're cycling the nutrients and really living the permaculture. And we're part of a biological system. We're part of an ecological system where the energy and the and the fertility and the, you know, the, um, the, the, um, the wellness, mm-hmm. the well-being of the system is, is spiraling upwards. Mm-hmm. And typically, these systems are spiraling downwards in the world because of our modern way. So the permaculture addresses that and finds a way to spiral back up to right. 
increase the abundance. So permaculture is a, a, a second theme, and then self-development practices. So um, yoga, the study of consciousness, meditation, um, contemplative movement. Contemplative movement is another. What's contemplative? Contemplative. How do you say that? Contemplative. Or it could be movement meditation. Okay. A little easier. Easier for me to say. So, similar to Qigong. Okay, yeah. Really focusing your awareness on the subtle energy fields and moving your body in a way to harmonize the subtle energy fields with um, a specific intention. So we have a few different um, moving meditation practices (laughs) that we like to share. And the overall um, sense that we like to give people is that there's just all of these different ways in which we can connect to ourselves and, and reconnect with our sense of wholeness to the world and to each other and in our communities and to our capacity to create kind of life that we're dreaming of and the kind of world that we believe is possible. And so we're not dogmatic in saying that there's just this one thing that you have to do, but more giving people the opportunity to really taste a little bit of all these different ways you you might find a deeper sense of self and and then what what it might inspire in you also to further your own journey of self-discovery and connection. Sure. This is like a sacred space of creative exploration. I like that. Yeah. And people find different ways. So like maybe one way is not for one person, but the the great thing is that you offer all these different, um, Mm -hmm. you know, various ways for people to connect with themselves. And one may find, yeah, the moving, they, meditation. The moving meditation or the permaculture or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that you have all these different offerings. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because some people might think like, oh, I wouldn't be into the music aspect because I can't sing or I can't play an instrument. But then they come here and I imagine sometimes these people like realize there is this little child inside of them that just wanted to break out so badly and sing the top of their lungs, even if they can't, and how that's me. That, <laughs> how they how that might actually help to develop their unfolding, even you know, accelerate that unfolding even more because it's something they doubted in themselves quickly to discover that they're full of so much more. So I think that's really interesting about this place as well. So many people have that story of somebody telling them that they couldn't sing or they had a horrible voice, <laughs> that they couldn't carry a tune. And and that story became their truth. And I love the opportunity to, to share with people that, that that belief can be dropped. It can be and, shed. And it can be shed. And there's there's everybody has a voice. and And it's like, an instrument and any instrument can be played, but you have to practice. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's the same, it's the same process. You just tune in and you learn to listen and you learn to hear your own voice and to hear the notes and harmonize your voice with what you're hearing. It, it, it's a really um, beautiful practice of, of um, activation and reciprocation because you're both listening and you're, you're singing. So both things are happening at once. So it's a whole brain experience. 
I'm gonna give that a shot because I, I carry that belief. <laughs> well, we brought you. We brought your um, harmonica so that we could. The two of us. Um, I, I play guitar and I like to sing. And I brought a ukulele. My dad gave me one for this trip, and um, we brought his harmonica, thinking since it'll be the two of us and we're so comfortable with each other that we, we can kind of help train his ear to do exactly what you were saying. Because I told him the same thing. I was like, you can learn these things. Yep. You can learn them. Some people, it just comes a little more naturally. But, you know, my weaknesses are his strengths and vice versa. And we can help each other to kind of figure it out. Figure that out. So that'll be exciting. I really wanted to highlight yesterday when we were taking a walk. So we had the opportunity to walk through the uh, gardens. There's not one garden. There's several (laughs) of this place. And you had mentioned um, that relationship with nature. And that struck a chord with me because last night we were um, had the opportunity to look at the stars. And it's funny, uh, you know, being in Africa, as I was saying, we were talking at dinner last night about how the sky was just, it was littered with stars and you just like glistening everywhere and the Milky Way and planets. And you feel like you're in another realm. Uh, realm almost. And last night we were able to go out and look at the stars and, you know, it struck a chord in me because so many of us, especially in cities in the United States, are cut off from that. So you're completely, you're, everything is filled with artificial light. So you're cut off from nature right there. And so our connection with nature is severed. So therefore, our spiritual connection with everything around us is completely gone. And we've lost that in a way. And um, I don't know, I really hope that people can get that back. Um, those who have lost it. I know there's, like we were talking, there's a lot of ways, but uh, that was really interesting what you had said with the plants. Well, and I think that's one way that people can learn to cultivate that um, connection with the natural world is by growing their own food. And I see that through you two having created this wonderful sustainable habitat um, and listening to you say, yeah, it's a relationship with the plants. You have to know when to listen to them and to know when they're thirsty or when they have, when they're sick or when there's bugs, like it's a constant give and take relationship at that. And also today what we were talking about with the, the cycle of consuming the plant and giving them that higher consciousness. Um, it's like this give and take. So I guess with that being said, um, I know you said that you've been around farming most of your life, but that um, it wasn't it wasn't until you met him that you really followed that passion for mm-hmm. cultivating your own food. Is that correct? Yeah, I grew up in a hobby farm with the, a half an acre in a big garden, but it wasn't it wasn't it was on the side of my parents' jobs, and so there wasn't a real dedication to it mm-hmm. but a familiarity and when I met Phil 12 years ago he had uh, a beautiful homestead in in the Kootenays with gardens and uh, together we we uh, were just inspired to devote ourselves to stewarding the land and he had had um, many years of time there already uh, devoting to the land and so just continued to uh, learn from that and and really be able to make it uh, a primary element in our lives. 
Do you feel a direct correlation between the blossoming of like your spirituality and cultivating your own crops? Like, do you feel that spiritual connection through that since the beginning or? Well, when I first began growing my own food, it was, it was partly because I had become vegetarian (laughs) and it was partly a, a spiritual consideration, mm-hmm. partly health and partly environmental. It just seemed like it was the, you know, the the most important thing I could do to address all these things. So um, when you're it really when we're eating, where it's it's our most intimate communion with earth, with the elements and with the plant kingdom or whatever our food source is, we're actually creating our bodies from what we're eating. Like that's profound and we don't even understand how that happens. Mm-hmm. The body has this innate intelligence and um, we take it for granted. But when you start to make it conscious, it becomes a very spiritual thing. And then when you grow your food, you're planning your meals way ahead of time. And, of course, you're growing lots of plants that aren't for food. We're growing habitat mm-hmm. for other creatures and, and permaculture. There's many, many different functions that different plants and different plantings have in the system. We use it for bioremediation of wastewater, all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's a great teacher of how interdependent all the different life forms are and how there's this beautiful harmony and cooperation. And that's, it's all organized from, you know, based on the dimensions of spirituality, which are the precursors to the manifest realm. So it's all mirroring that and bringing it into 3D and slowing it down into time and space so that we can learn to be reverent and, and d- deepen our understanding, deepen our consciousness mm-hmm. of these relationships. We're in relationship with the plants, with the elementals, with nature, with ecology. It's just whether or not we're being conscious and deliberate. Right. So making it a practice, making it part of your lifestyle, you integrate that and deepen your understanding and actually make all these relationships intentional and conscious and you get much more sensitive to and intuitive with it. You get, you you become, we, we, we actually rediscover something of our true nature as, as incarnated physical beings, because when we're disconnected from it, we're always looking in an interface, you know, if we go, hiking in the forest by watching it on a screen, yeah, that's a very, very deluded, you know, I didn't say deluded, I said diluted. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's it's not, it's it's virtual rather than visceral. So we emphasize visceral experience, and that's why we like to run retreats primarily. Mm -hmm. We want to do different kinds of outreach as we develop our, our thing, but it's, you know, this intimate communion of, of people in a space and all the, you know, there's so many dimensions of communication when we're in the same space that we, we only get 
you know, snippets of when we're when we're we have a medium of technology between us, and it's the same with our relationship with nature. Absolutely. Well, that doesn't inspire you to gr- learn how to grow your own food. I don't know what it would. <laughs> and it's something that Chris and I have always been interested in learning how to do. Always been. We've known each other two years. Um, but since we've known each other in those two years, it's a topic that's come up often. And um, this is this stay here has definitely inspired us to get the ball rolling on a, accumulating knowledge and information on how to someday start our own little much smaller version of this um growing your own food is a radical act of self-empowerment because you then are taking um you are taking control of your food supply and so instead of feeling limited by the cost of of the high quality organic food that you want to buy you are then empowering yourself to create the high quality food and and then you can deepen that intimate relationship and sense of connection like phil was saying one of the biggest challenges in in our day and age is a sense of isolation and disconnection from each other from Mm -hmm. all of the the um, terrible things that are happening in the world that many if not most of us would not agree to Mm -hmm. going on but somehow it's still rolling along and so when we take a stand to create our own garden to grow our own food in an organic way and to respect the natural cycles and to and to reconnect with that then we're we're radically shifting consciousness and and creating these windows of opportunity for that new world that we're dreaming of to be born that's amazing yeah, I think that's great. And I I, um, I know a lot of people, you know, we're of the belief, oh, we need this mass group to shift this consciousness. Well, it takes one person at a time, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're doing this work, the next person's doing that and that and that, and it all comes together, you know, whether you can see the big picture or not. It's a really cool thing. You know? It is. It's beautiful. You guys are doing a really, really fantastic thing here. Um, if our listeners are interested in um, looking up a place to stay when they come visit Ecuador or possibly a retreat to be involved in, where could they find you? Well, our, we made up this word, <coughs> word, eterniculture. So we seem to be the only people using it. So um, <laughs> our website is eterniculture.com. So it's E T E R. N A C U L T U R E. Okay. And so eternaculture.com. And then on Facebook, it's eternaculture. And we'll highlight yes. in the show notes and everything. And mm-hmm. um, please go on the website and check out. Do you do you're gonna have dates up or you have dates up now of future retreats that you're offering? And so you want to go over that a little bit and well, we have group retreats, you know, like yoga retreats is one theme, permaculture retreats, mm-hmm. holistic wellness, which mm-hmm. was the fourth theme that we never got to. Oh, um, hey. <laughs> that, um, Please go yeah. over that, yeah. Well, okay, holistic wellness, just a little snapshot of that. But that's, we touched on it. That's what, what we're creating our bodies with the food we eat and the water we drink and the air we breathe. Yeah. So stewarding those things consciously being very discerning about how we're creating ourselves and, and, and deepening our understanding 
increasing our information base about how our bodies work, what nutrients we really need, and we're, we're all sort of unique. So it's, a, it's an individual investigation mm-hmm. in order to keep refining. And um, as we do that, we gain in health, we gain in consciousness, we gain in knowledge, and very, very important knowledge of, you know, this, these are fundamental life skills, mm-hmm. um, learning how to care for ourselves in, in, in a very good way. And we're, it's good, you know, it's good. It's the best, the best investment we can make is in our, our own well-being. hundred percent. You know, that's, that's a, a wealthy person that has health and freedom and energy, inspiration. So um, we, we have a, a whole range of different diets that, that we can provide as people transition mm-hmm. into a more refined, more conscious, deliberate mm-hmm. um, way, of, way of feeding themselves, ways of eating. And um, we also can do, you know, like programs, cleanse programs, you know, dietary transition programs for people. We like to also really teach the skills and give the tools so that uh, people can go home from their experience here and and be able to apply what they learned here. What we're doing isn't something that that can't be transferred into anybody's life. It's not um, super complicated. There's just uh, a sense of understanding the big picture of really it's not new information. There's like a lot of science out there that really explains our biochemistry and how, how it works. And so we just uh, need to put two and two together and then um, obey the, the laws of biochemistry in our body and, and health will result. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we had uh, mentioned that, um, you know, we'd like to get together a retreat of ourselves. So anybody that's interested in, um, possibly joining us. We talked about November of next year. October, November. October, okay. November. Mm-hmm. Um, please let us know. You can email us at transform at soulandwonder.com. You can contact us on Facebook. You know where to find us by now. We've said it enough. Um, and, you know, I, what we're doing at Soul and Wonder goes hand in hand with what um, Phil and Susanna are doing. So we really believe in this and we feel that would be really beneficial for you to um, come join us down here and not for anything it's absolutely gorgeous and expand your horizons expand your horizon. nothing to lose <laughs> you might get bit by the travel bug and never go back <laughs> home but hey it's worth it um, before we move on to the health tip of the episode because you know we always have that for you I would just like to give a heartfelt thanks to you guys for hosting us here this whole week Um, And for obviously your time with tea and all the other moments we've had with beautiful conversation is very rejuvenating. Um, When we have just each other, you know, sometimes it's it's nice to expand the group a little and have the same conversation that we would have together, but with other beautiful souls. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time now as well. Well, Thank you. And um, yeah, everything you you just thanked us for it. We're thanking you for it too. It's really nice to connect with like-hearted people. Of course. And, um, yeah. Resonate together in this way. 
Okay. Gratitude is felt mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, the, in, the inspiration, the common inspiration, amplifies when we come together, and so that's another benefit of of joining together and creating these opportunities with each other and for each other is to amplify that that positive, hopeful energy that that we're we're able to uplift humanity's situation and 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 move into this this next uh, phase of our evolution, even though it feels really bumpy and rocky right now. And there's a lot of challenges that, that we, you know, we see each other shining our lights and, and that gives us greater hope and encouragement to keep doing that. So thank you too for your, for your radiant beings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, Christopher, health tip of the episode. All righty. Thank you for the drum roll. So the health tip of the episode is on Moringa. Moringa powder is amazing. Everybody should be using it. Do it. Go out and get some. Um, You can use it in your smoothies, which we like to do. We like to throw it in a green smoothie. Um, Throw it in a fruit smoothie, too, if you'd like. Um, It is nutrient-packed. It has large amounts of vitamin A, C, E, calcium, potassium, and even a, it's a really great source of plant-based protein. Um, also, it fights free radicals. So free radicals, um, if you have a lot of them in your system, they actually cause disease. So mor- uh, Moringa contains antioxidants that will actually fight these free radicals. Uh, Other benefits, fights inflammation. So people that have inflammation, um, maybe they have arthritis, um, they have some skin problems um, where their skin is inflamed um, or any other chronic diseases that, um, which most of them um, are a result of having a lot of inflammation, Moringa will help with that. Um, it can actually reduce diabetes symptoms. It protects the cardiovascular system. It supports your brain, which is um, great. Um, it plays a key role in the memory, mood, um, organ function, and even responses to stimulus such as stress and pleasure. Um, it protects the liver. It enhances wound healing, and lastly, it contains antimicrobial and antibacterial properties. So, with that being said, get out there and get it. You won't regret it. So, that is it. So, we will be coming to you soon, once again, um, most likely from our new temporary home in the Amazon jungle. So, Uh, Look forward to that. We'll see you soon.